what's my revenue? What are my direct expenses? What are my indirect expenses? And then how much do I need to mark up my direct expenses to cover for my indirect expenses? Welcome to the Million Dollar Landscaper Podcast. We're your hosts, Scott and Katie Mulchan, and we make it easy to start working on, not just in your landscaping business. We're a real couple that helped grow our family business to well over a million dollars in revenue. And now we help other landscaping business owners just like you to do the same. Are you ready to build your business? Let's get started. Welcome back to the Million Dollar Landscaper Podcast. Now today we have on a returning guest. His name is Weston Zimmerman. He's a co-founder of Synced Up Software. Synced Up Software is a job costing, and just management of your crews and teams overall. Now, today we are gonna be diving into more specifically the estimating side of things. And the reason why I wanna bring this up is because we see many people ask inside our Landscape Business Owners Facebook group, you know, what should I be charging for this? How much should I charge for that? And it's a very difficult question for people to answer because we don't know all the details to your business. And I understand, you know, when you're first starting off, it's difficult to understand. You don't really know all your numbers. And you kind of just want to get a ballpark to see if you're in the right area. And I understand that. But today we're going to dive into with Weston, what numbers go into estimating, what you need to be looking for, what you need to be calculating out to create those profitable estimates that everybody wants. So he said, if you're a landscaper, want to do this skills, you're not going to want to miss this episode. So we're going to take a moment. We're going to hear some words from our sponsors. Good morning, everyone. Hope you're having a great day. I'm excited to have on our special guest today. He's actually a returning guest. It's Weston Zimmerman of Synced Up. Now, you guys probably have seen him. He's been all over the internet talking about this awesome software called Synced Up to help you basically manage your landscape business. Good morning, Weston. How are you doing? Hey, good morning, Scott. It's good to see you again. Yeah, appreciate you being on here again. And uh, it's always great to hear from you. You've been up to a lot of things here lately. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I'm so excited today. We're going to be talking about estimating and the reason why you want to estimate to make a profit, obviously, and all the kind of details that kind of goes into it. So you mind sharing a little bit, you know, what Synced Up does, you know, a little bit of background about yourself for those that are not familiar with you? Yeah, absolutely. So basically, my background is I more or less grew up working for a company here in central Pennsylvania called Tessie Landscaping, worked there for about 15 years. And when I started there, it was a, you know, your standard, what I call standard, you know, landscape, hardscape, outdoor living company doing a little less than a million in sales, struggling with all the things that our businesses struggle with in this industry, with knowing our numbers, being efficient, training people. And over those 10, 15 years since then, we traveled to a lot of events trying to get a handle on how to be profitable. And we took in some teachings from like, you know, Charles Vanderkoy, budgeting and all of that. We used some software, some other software, not synced up along our journey. And it was in that journey where we were just struggling to find a way to just easily job cost our jobs using a system other than just manual spreadsheets that kind of lit the idea of building something, which today it's reality and is synced up. But it was basically, you know, necessity drives innovation. It was a necessity. It was a need that we had that really no one on the market was filling and always looking for new things to uh, 
<laughs> to, to start and grow and, and grow up from nothing. So we uh, started Synced Up and that's what we're doing today is basically it's a project management software with an emphasis on knowing your numbers. So budgeting, mm-hmm. estimating, job costing. And we're just trying to take all of the lessons we learned over the years with what it takes to be profitable and efficient and share that with the rest of the industry in a kind of nice, neat, done-for-you software system. Uh, That's awesome. Now, kind of wanted to really dive into estimating and what's involved in and some of the things that goes into it. In our landscape Facebook group, the biggest question is, you know, how much should I be charging for this? How much should I be charging for that? And it's really a tough question to answer for somebody. And, you know, we'll see on there, oh, people reply, oh, you need to know your numbers. So you might explain what are some of those numbers that need to go into your estimates and to consider to actually create the estimate? Yeah. And to your point, to answer that question of, hey, what should I charge for this? You know, that common question that the industry's Facebook groups are, I'm not going to say plagued with, but yeah, there's just many of them. Yes. Because we're all trying to learn. Like, let's say that we go back 15 years, that could have been us asking that question, right? Absolutely. So I don't want to bash on that. But at the same time, it's not a simple boilerplate question. It's not a simple boilerplate answer. That's why nobody can just like answer that question for you. They can share with you what they're charging, but don't use that because that is based on someone else's numbers. And basically to answer that question of like, hey, what do you want to charge? Or what should I be charging? You have to fill in some numbers about your company. We can't just shoot a dart in the dark and come up with that answer to your question. Like before we can answer that question for you, we have to know what do you want to make? What are your overhead expenses? How many billable hours do you have in a year to recover on your overhead? All of those questions have to be answered before we can arrive at the answer. Okay, you should charge X for the service that you're asking for. And we actually built a couple little nifty little tools on our website. Like I built a uh, nan hour price calculator because that was a common question. So it's about as simplified as you can make it so that somebody can get a 30 second answer to their question of like, hey, what should I be charging per hour? But it's like, you can just plug in your sales, plug in your overhead expenses, how many billable hours you have in a year, and it'll tell you, well, then you should charge X per hour. Like I said, you're 30 seconds in, 30 seconds out. You get out what you get in, what you put in, I mean. So there's a lot of ways to split hairs further and further down through that conversation, which is really, you get to the point of building an actual company budget where you're entering all your equipment and all your guys and everything. And that's kind of like the next step. And that's actually what we teach inside of our academy is building your budget and then kind of going from there. And just building the budget, you can do so much with it. And there's so much in there. You can actually see if you're going to be making money this year and then you can start making adjustments off. That's one of the first things we actually start doing inside the academy. Yeah, and that's the very first thing we do when people sign up for Synced Up. Like it was we help them build their company budget. So mm-hmm. for a lot of people, this looks like this like big daunting task. It's overwhelming. They're not sure. And I get it. Like if you just look at the a budgeting spreadsheet, for the very first time, it's like, oh my goodness, I have no idea what's going on. But once you sit down, spend an hour and see how those numbers are actually playing off one another, and then you kind of get the concept of it. It's like, oh yeah, it's simple. It's basically, what's my revenue? What are my direct expenses? What are my indirect expenses? And then how much do I need to mark up my direct expenses to cover for my indirect expenses? And then I arrive at my man hour price or my markup on my materials, et cetera. Yeah. And it's just even like us doing coaching calls and stuff. And I'm sure you're seeing it with all the talks you've been giving is some people don't understand even the gross profit margin and versus net profit margin and stuff. Right. So we kind of go into all that. And that's all part of the budgeting process is, yep. is going through all that. And, you know, it's more than just putting on what your overhead's going to be. It's some people don't have any history on even just like what they did for sales or total man hours. We see a lot of people don't understand that. or So we have to go in and explain all that stuff. And it's perfectly normal. If you're just getting started, you know, getting into this industry, you have no idea. 
I understand that, but it's important yeah. to kind of go through and, and spend some time looking at those numbers and figure out what you need to do and bill out for this year. So yeah, I tell people like, okay, the best case scenario is you have a good profit and loss statement and that mm-hmm. is your source of truth. And, and then you look back at your profit and loss and come up with, okay, last year I spent 50 grand on X this year. I think I'm going to spend about 60. But if you don't have that, second best is like, go check to see what you spent with all your vendors last year. Usually they have records of that. And if you still don't even have that, then we get into what I call having an informed discussion and coming out with a best educated guess on what you're, you know, let's say you're just starting brand new. Like you literally just did a couple of jobs for your neighbors last year. Now you're starting full-time this year. Then I start being like, well, Hey, okay. What do you think your average job size is? 50 grand, 15 grand. You have two or three guys that are helping you. You can produce what 20 of them a year in this summer. Okay, great. You know, you just start like putting the pieces together to come up with some best educated guesses on projection. Yeah, you're, you're guesstimating. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you got to use some good judgment and use some, like if there's any industry standards, you can kind of go off just to kind of get you some basis to get that started. But yeah, and speaking from industry standards, I often, people ask me like, well, what is close? And I said, well, close industry standards is like usually on a standard company budget is 30% of your cost is labor, 30% of your cost is materials, 30% of it is overhead and the rest is profit, the 10% or 15%, you know, so give or take five or 10 points off of each one of those, like it can vary, but the 30, 30, 30 rule and 10% profit is a common baseline to kind of go off of. So if you're going to sell a million dollars worth of work, 30% of that would be labor, 30% of that would be materials, 30% of that would be overhead. I mean, if your overhead's 40, 50%, then you probably have way too much overhead for the size of company you are. And that's where, just from my experience and seeing is when you make that budget, like you said, you can kind of go through and, okay, you're showing a negative net profit. Okay, where can we cut? What do we need to do? Is it either in our overhead or are we lowering our labor costs? Or can you get material from a different supplier? It starts helping you figure out these questions before you get it going along. And at the end of the year, you don't have any money. So it's important. I tell people like, if you build your budget and you come out with a net profit negative, you got two levers you can pull. Either increase those sales or decrease an expense somewhere. That's the only two things you can do. Yeah, absolutely. One of the things I tell people are like, oh, I can't increase my sales because I can't do any more work. Okay, you don't have to do any more work. You may have to just increase your prices so you yeah. can increase the revenue. And sometimes when you increase your sales, that means you're not increasing your net profit margin. So you're just doing more work to increase those sales. Mm-hmm. In other cases, like you just said, you're not doing more work. You're just increasing your markups to produce more sales at the same amount of work. Yeah. And that's like, honestly, that's probably one of the biggest things we end up telling people. And after going through, you know, we hammer down all their overhead. Okay. You can't lower this. Okay. Yeah. It is what it is. Right. Yeah. You can't go any lower on, you know, paying your, your guys. It's only you and one other person or whatever it is. Okay. Well then this, you have no other choice to, but to raise your prices. If you want to stay in business. The point you're making there is actually what is kind of reassuring about building a budget to me is because there's no emotion in it. It's not, oh, I can't charge Mr. Stewart, you know, X number. When you build a budget, it's just giving you the cold, hard truth. Mm -hmm. And there's no emotion in it. It's not about, do you want to rip off your customer? No, you're not ripping off your customer. You're simply operating as a business. And it can often go through this transformative kind of mindset thing where maybe you feel guilty about charging $50,000 for a job because you think about how much $50,000 is to you personally and, and your value on a dollar. And what we need to remember when we're selling jobs is like my value of a dollar is probably not the same value that, that my customer feels about a dollar, right? Yep. It's just the way it is. And so we have to get past that guilt trip that I think we all kind of deal with starting out and just be like, the customer is asking me to build this beautiful outdoor living space. That's what they're asking me for. That's the design they fell in love with. 
the costs associated with it are just cold, hard facts. It is what it is. If the budget isn't a problem at that point, then we need to negotiate on scope of work, not on price. We need to make the patio smaller or cut out the lighting or use a, a cheaper product, whatever. Absolutely. And that's all goes into the thinking of all this budget and stuff. It's just, it's so important. I can't stress it enough. So that's yeah. the same as you. We teach it first. Yeah. That's, that's what I love about building a budget. I can't say, I can't believe I'm saying it. Love about it. Nobody loves, <laughs> nobody loves building a budget, but it, it's like, it helps you arrive at the truth mm-hmm. and it can help offload so much of that mental mindset thing that we struggle with when we're trying to sell big dollar jobs. So now, you know, we've gone through, we created a budget. What other factors need to be considered when we, uh, start putting together an estimate. What other numbers do you look at? Yeah, once you've built your budget, that gives you basically the truth in what your markups need to be. And the two markups are, one is the overhead recovery markup to arrive at your break-even. So you not only cover your direct costs with your materials and labor and everything for the job, but also for the trucks and the office admin and the insurance and everything you need to be in business. So the budget gives you two markups, overhead recovery markup and profit markup or margin, whichever one you're using. But once you have your budget and now you're taking your $10 item that you're buying to do that job and marking it up by your overhead recovery markup to arrive at your break-even dollar number, then you mark that up by your profit margin to arrive at your customer's price. That's what the budget gets you. Mm -hmm. But then what the budget doesn't get you is you still have to estimate the correct quantity of labor, the correct quantity of materials. And to answer your question about what other numbers to pay attention to, and this is also difficult to do if you've just started in business and you have no history, but I like to track everything to the T so that I can build production rates so I can speed up my next estimate faster and faster and faster. Because what a, basically what a production rate does for you, instead of you being like, and this is what most of us do in the industry is like, how long is this going to take? Mm, bing, we pull a number out of our head, yep. you know, just from experience. And people can become incredibly accurate at that. But the problem is, It's only you that can do that. Assuming Mm -hmm. you're the owner operator of your business, what happens when you want to continue to grow in your family or your life or your other goals that you may have outside of work or whatever, or you break a leg? Like if it's all in you and your head, the business can never grow beyond you and you are its own self-limiting ceiling. So what I talk about a lot is like, it doesn't take a lot of work, is just take the little bit of extra effort it takes to look at your past history and build a production rate out of that so that what's in your head is now into a system and process. And literally your office secretary or your foreman could come up with a, an estimate for you. And it's going to be as accurate as the one you would have made. Yeah, absolutely. One of the things that it's important to do to understand your numbers, don't go off necessarily somebody else because they may, yes. the other company may be more experienced in whatever yes. doing hardscapes than what you are. So it's learning what your teams are capable of and learning your numbers. I remember actually, I would go out with, I mean, this is before cell phones had timers and stuff. I had a stopwatch. And I timed how long it took him to plant a gallon plant, how long it took to plant a three gallon plant. And it may seem silly, but that's the way I learned my numbers and, and I was able to estimate. And then I could just, okay, I've got five of this one gallon plant, multiply it out by however the time. Right. I could produce an estimate really quickly. Yep. And people often ask me, like when, when I'm showing off synced up and I show them how the production rates and the templates and everything work, they're like, oh, hey, cool. Can, like, can you give me those templates and, and production rates? I'm like, yeah, I can, but I'm just going to tell you, I don't want to because- these are my production rates mm-hmm. based on my crew's experience and the equipment we own. You have a different crew with different experience and different equipment. There is no such thing as a one size fits all template or production mm-hmm. rate. So what I tell them is like, I'll help you. I have a spreadsheet. I'll teach you how to build your own production rate. In fact, I can maybe give that to you as a resource for this podcast. It's a production rate spreadsheet where basically all you do is let's say it's for hardscapes, like for patios. 
let's say you have a history of eight jobs in your past couple months and you plug in the square footage of each of those jobs and how many man hours it took you for each of those patios and it'll average out each one to give you an average production rate based on your past history. That's the best way to begin a production rate. Yep. And like with the way you were doing that with your stopwatch, you can absolutely do that. But as you know, that's a lot of work and it, it, takes, it takes a lot of discipline. So what I often shout out there as an option just to kind of simplify it, but still get a good perspective is like, okay, let's say you did a landscaping job where you planted 150 perennials and 35 shrubs. What I would do is say it took me 40 man hours to plant those 135 plants. I would take my 40 man hours divided by 135 and come up with, oh, it takes me 20 minutes per plant or whatever it is. Because like timing each one of those, you can do that. And that's actually the best. That's the most accurate, but it's also very time consuming. And same, same way with patios. Instead of me timing how long it takes to excavate, how long it takes to install base, how long it takes me to lay, how long it takes me to cut, how long it takes me to do joint stand and edge restraint and clean up. Instead of me timing each one of those individual tasks, I'm a big fan of KISS. Keep it simple, stupid. And I like to take like, okay, it was a 500 square foot patio. It took me 120 man hours. Divide that and I can produce X square feet per man hour from breaking ground to clean up. That gets you really as accurate as you need to accurately estimate. That additional information of how long it takes to do the base versus excavate, that's all information that's interesting and can be useful. But at the end of the day, it's just like, how long does it take me to get the job done so I can collect the check? And that's that's really the number I need. Oh, absolutely. And I, I do like that idea. And that's that's actually the easiest way to do it. So yeah, if you're not doing that now, it's go look at your jobs. And well, this, this can lead into another thing about job costing. We'll get into that later yeah. on, but it, it is so important to do. So now you understand your production rates, you have your overhead and your percentages and stuff. Is there anything else that you see that needs to be involved in the estimating process? Well, the only other thing I would put in there is your production rates get you to your average. I always take my production rates with a grain of salt because let's say I'm doing a job for Mrs. Jones. It's a patio in a suburban backyard. And I'll look at my production rate and be like, yeah, but we got a really tight gate here. We're not going to be able to get the excavator back here. All we can get back there is the dingo or the MT or something. And so I'm going to just go ahead and take my production rate and I'm going to increase it by 20%. Or if you really want to be good at it, you could build production rates for easy access and difficult access and then have an individual production rate for both. So basically, once I have my percentages, I use my production rates to come up with like my quantities of labor and material and everything. Then it's like, do I need to fudge anything from my default production rate for specific job site conditions here? Or if I just think this client's going to be, I I, I don't know what, but I just know it's going to be a difficult job. It's going to be a difficult relationship. I'm just going to bake that in here because the last thing you want to do is get into a position where you do have a difficult client. And because of the way you bid it, you don't have the resources or the budget available to go the extra mile and help the person out. Right. So many times it's so it's it's worth putting that extra five percent or a grand or whatever on the job just so that when that little thing comes up, you can just go the extra mile and just blow that customer away. When you pull off handing that gift basket that costs you 50 bucks, that means so much, you know. So if you give yourself the budget to do those kinds of things, it really helps you be a company that's looked at as an amazing company to do business with. And all it takes is just putting a little bit extra onto that price so you have the revenue to do that. If you're trying to be the one competing on price and you're shaved down to the pennies, you legit can't without spending it out of your own pocket. That's where you get into that conflict of, I want to make this customer happy, but I don't have the money to do what she's asking me to do. Actually, referring back to uh, Charles Vandercoy, I think he calls it uh, the fudge factor, I think. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah That's what we call it, too. Yeah, yeah it's, it's true. You need you need to consider all that. Yeah. What are some common mistakes you see landscapers make with estimating or putting together an estimate? Well, 
probably the most common one is is placing a patio or a walkway or hardscape by square foot. I view that as a mistake because it's too rigid. It does not account for the unique site conditions that we were just talking about. And the way that I said, you look, you take your production rate with a grain of salt and then you adjust for that specific job if needed, a square foot price is even worse because like a square foot price is assuming that your paper cost is always the same. It's assuming that your subgrade is always the same. So you're always going to be taking the same subgrade like base applications. It's assuming that, that there's no difference between the rounded edges and artistic cut designs as opposed to just straight lines. Like there's so many variables that can dramatically affect how long it takes you to do the job that a square foot price legit can't accommodate for. And so what's going to happen is when you use a square foot price, some jobs you're going to be making more than you need and some jobs you're going to be making way less than you need. And you're probably going to win more of the jobs that you're making way less than you need because you're going to be, you know, the cheaper bid and you're going to win less of the ones that you need, you're making more than you need. So it, in my opinion, square foot pricing can get you into trouble pretty quick. Now, I know there's people that have been doing it all their life that way and yeah, you can do it, yeah. but it's a little bit like, I don't know what's a good analogy. It's kind of like taking every job you ever do and averaging it all out completely and not accounting for any specific job. For a smaller company, one bad job can really <laughs> cause a lot of heartache and, and grief. Instead of square foot pricing, what I like to do is the production rates, which we just talked about. And the reason I like the production rates is because now, instead of using square foot pricing from the breaking ground to cleaning up, I have a production rate for labor. I have a production rate for my base stone. I have a production rate for my setting bed. And each one of those can adjust accordingly. If I'm going to need to do, it's a driveway, and I'm going to need to do 10 inches of base instead of six inches of base, I can just adjust my production rate for just that stone, but my setting bed's not changing. Yep. So a production rate is way more flexible. You can pull those different levers and dial it in for that specific job's needs, whereas square foot pricing, you can't. And sure, you can maybe raise your square foot price by 50 cents and say that you're doing it, but that's still kind of um, the way the numbers are working in there is not very intelligent or very dialed in. It goes back to like kind of what you talked about earlier is if you're doing a sidewalk up front, it's easy access, but then around the back, like you said, you can't get through the gate and you got to carry all these bricks by hand or, or whatever, or wheelbarrow all the stone in. That makes that variation a lot different, you know, with your pricing yeah. per square foot if you, rather than if you did it with production hours. Right. And so in that situation, I would just increase my production rate for just my labor alone. Yep. But nothing else is changing. You know, my stone, my pavers, everything else is the same. It's just my labor that I'm moving at that rate, which mm -hmm. with square foot pricing, it's just you just can't do it very easily. The other thing with production hours, you, pretty much those, those things stayed the same for the most part for decades. You know, you might have, you know, do some other equipment or something gets brought in to help yeah. increase it. I like to look at them every year. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Just because like your crew becomes more experienced. Mm -hmm. Maybe you upgrade and get a new machine. Yep. Like all those things can have impacts on that. Yeah. But you're you're planning the, a plant the same way as you did 20 years ago. Yeah, you know? yeah exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. so those stay the same. So it's just easy just to make the adjustment as far as time is if you got to carry it somewhere else or whatever it is. So, yeah, production hours is the way to go. Is there any other mistakes you're seeing landscapers make? Well, yes, but it, we kind of already had talked about it with budgeting. But a common mis mistake I see out there in the industry is people just take their cost of materials times three, yep. or they just take their cost of materials and labor and just say, oh, I just want to make 20% profit markup or 50% gross margin. And they just take their cost times their profit. And that's what they use to come up with a price for the proposal. And they're not actually calculating in their overhead recovery. Mm -hmm. Like they're skip instead of cost plus overhead recovery plus profit, they skip overhead recovery. It's just cost plus profit. Mm -hmm. And people tell me, I oh, just shoot for a 50% gross margin. And they're ignoring the overhead component. Like they just take mm -hmm. their cost times 50% and, and that's how they come up with the price. And that can work for some businesses depending on the size of your business, but it doesn't work well. And here's why. 
let's say we take two different businesses. One's a larger company with a good bit of machines and overhead skilled employees. Another one's a smaller company with say three, four guys, a couple of trucks and a lot of manual work still being happening. Both of those companies could make a 50% gross margin. And this one might be making a five to 10% net margin. And this one might be making a 25% net margin. So for that reason, I don't like to use the gross profit margin as my barometer of the, mm-hmm. how good I did on the job. Yeah. To me, the number that matters is net because yep. net is after all my expenses are paid for, including my owner's salary, all my trucks, insurance, all my overhead expenses. And that's what really matters. The money that's left in the bank after every bill is paid for, including your own salary as an owner. Absolutely. So we'll step back just a quick second for budgeting. I, I wanted to mention this earlier and I forgot it, but what goes into a budget just real quick, just kind of what are some items? I know we'd mentioned the owner's salary and stuff. Is there anything else that you feel that needs to be in there? I mean, advertising, marketing, all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, literally any dollar that ever leaves your business bank account for any reason has to be in that budget. I'll ask people like, hey, what's your overhead? And it's like, oh, this, this, and this equals X. What about, okay, so do you buy any uniforms or t-shirts for you guys? Oh yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, two grand for that, yeah. So like, there's dozens of those things, so that, which is why I like to use a profit and loss statement because a profit and loss statement is a source of truth. Mm-hmm. But basically the numbers you need to build a budget is plug in your sales, plug in your labor expenses, plug in your material expenses, like your direct material, like mm-hmm. papers and stone and that kind of thing. Plug in your equipment that you own, and then you can choose whether you want to recover that in overhead or come up with an hourly or daily rate for that equipment. Plug in all your any money you would spend on subcontractors, plug in all of your overhead expenses. And then once you have those numbers dialed in, it's those six numbers, then you have all the information you need to run the calculations for a budget. And that free budgeting tool that I told you about, it has all this kind of laid out for you. For instance, when you click on the overhead cell, it pops open a calculator with like all kinds of suggestions. We just kind of took a, a typical PL and we just laid it out like advertising, insurance, owner's pay, office staff, marketing staff. We just put all those in there that what you would see on a typical PL. And it's very helpful to use because like sometimes when you're going down through that list, you're like, oh yeah, yeah, you know what? I bet I did spend some money on that and I forgot about it. So you you remember those things. And then I even tell people on the overhead line, that's where you would put in budget factor. So this is your overhead budget from last uh, year, but let's say that you want to budget in for the unknowns, or maybe you want to put in a bonus for the guys, or maybe you want to pay your guys a salary through the winter months, like put that right in your overhead, right in your budget. And then that way, when you sell a job, the markups are built already to produce the funds for those costs. So I like to put in the numbers uh, for the business that I want to be, not necessarily the business I was or am today. So if I want to buy that new piece of machinery, if I want to hire that office admin to take some stress off my back, I just put that right in the budget, even though I may not hire that right now, or I may not buy that machine right now, but I'm budgeting to become the company that I want to be mm-hmm. so that my markups for the job I sell today are producing the funds that would allow me to make those investments. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's so important, to, like I said, just to go back to using the budget. And this is where it actually synced up is awesome at because it helps you do all this stuff and just calculates it out immediately. Yeah, it's very quick. Yeah. Yeah. Do you mind talking just a little bit about synced up and how it, you know, yeah. how it can help and speed things up? Well, all this stuff that we're talking about, I mean, in the past, people have used like spreadsheets or LMN or some for other software product where it helps you build a budget and build estimating and then use your budget in your estimating automatically. And LMN has done a great job in the budgeting and estimating. They've done a lot of good for the industry. But to me, the, the this whole subject of knowing your numbers Budgeting and estimating is just the first half. 
The last half of me knowing my numbers is then job costing. So I can build accurate production rates. So I can know when I make mistakes and if I'm consistently underestimating on labor or materials or or even overestimating. That, mm-hmm. can, that can also happen. But basically what Synced Up is, is taking all this stuff that you could do in a spreadsheet manually that takes a lot of time and discipline and just makes it so much easier because it just automates all this stuff. You can build your budget, which automatically turns into a drag and drop estimate builder where you're not even running a calculator to come up with a price. It's already doing it all for you. And then when you clock in and out, you record the materials you use on the job as you go. And then that funnels right into your automated job costing report on every single job, which so instead of me sitting down after dinner for two hours at night, updating my spreadsheet with all my receipts and stuff for a job, I literally just open up my app or my screen and be like, "Ah, that's how we're tracking along. So we're going to be finished here in two days. And yeah, I expect we're going to actually come in a little head or whatever. Like it just, it's right there in front of you. And with that information so readily available, it really makes it actually attainable to use those numbers. It's your feedback loop to come back and make sure that your production rates are accurate and that your estimates are actually accurate. Yeah. Half the battle with job costing, job costing itself is not hard. You can job cost in a spreadsheet in five minutes. Once you have the data to job cost with, the hard part is collecting the data to job cost with. And that's what Synced Up makes so easy and automates that whole job costing process. Yeah, that's one thing I, I love about the software. It just pulls what you have in the estimate puts it in and the guys can just kind of go line by line. Okay, I did this, this, this is all in there. And it spits out the number automatically, which is yeah. amazing and just saves you as the owner tons of time and tons of headaches. Plus, <laughs> yeah, plus it, it decentralizes it. So it pulls the, the knowledge and the experience you have in your head out, puts it into a system that you can literally tell your foreman that's been working with you for a year or two. Hey, when Mrs. Jones asks you for a change order, yeah, just plug in your square footage of the papers you're going to be adding. You know how long it's going to take you, probably another 30 man hours or whatever. And not every single thing has to flow through you. You're no longer the bottleneck of the, yeah. of the company. Once you crack that nut, then your company can really grow. Absolutely. I know you're busy, man. Weston, yeah. do you have time to talk a little bit about job costing or you got to head out? I know. I got to head out here. I have a call here in four minutes. But uh, yeah, no, this is, we'll, we'll definitely finish up this conversation around the job costing aspect and how we use job costing to make yep. sure that our estimates are being dialed in correctly. Absolutely. Well, Weston, I'll let you go. I appreciate you taking the time to hop in with us today. I know he's running all over the place, guys. He's he's a busy man. So I really appreciate you taking the time today. You're welcome. And we'll set something up and we'll we'll continue this conversation. Yeah, you bet. All right. Hey, thanks, Scott. Yep. Thanks, Weston. Have a great one. Hey, everyone. Just want to thank you again for joining us today. If you enjoyed today's podcast, we do ask you for one quick favor. Could you please head over to iTunes and leave us a review? A five-star review is even better, but it helps us get our rankings up and help us spread our message. 